Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Thursday, February 3rd edition of the Basement Academy. Let's step into the gymnasium of the soul first for a morning psalm, and then we're going to wrestle together with virtues and vices and how we can be about cultivating our heart and the character of Christ. So let's, uh, let's begin with Psalm 63. This is a psalm of David. The note says that when he was in the desert of Judah. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Psalm 63, amen. Learning to feed on God, the daily bread of his word, the daily bread of his presence, so that our souls are satisfied as with the richest of foods. And so David's probably in the desert, right? It says that in the desert of Judah, he was being pursued by King Saul and, and others. <clears throat> So what do we do in our times of distress? How do we handle that? What do we do as people of faith? Do we feed solely upon the Lord? Do we turn to other passions and pleasures for distraction to try to feed that gnawing fear and anxiety and distress? And so it's a great, great psalm. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of food. So feed us now, Lord, as we come and gather around your word. Okay, talking about cultivating the heart. It's the center of our lives. It's the wellspring of our, of our lives. We guard it. Uh, we, we nurture it. Uh, we tend it. And part of the tending is to uproot vice the weeds that get in the garden of our lives, of our hearts, and to plant virtue. So one way of thinking about repentance, we've talked about this before, the changing of your mind, the metanoia, <clears throat> to think a new way. One way of, of understanding what repentance is, is to practice the virtue that is contrary to the vice that you are repenting of. You're thinking differently about your life. I used to think it was okay to seek revenge and to hold grudges and to want to get back at that person, that I was justified in that. But I, 
I now think differently about that. So repentance transforms our mind. We think differently, but then it leads to action. So the active side of repentance is to practice the virtues that are contrary to the vices. And so as I shared yesterday, the seven deadly sins, there is a way of laying the song alongside uh, the the vices, the seven deadly sins, the beatitudes as practices or attitudes or postures or qualities or virtues that are contrary to the vices. And so pride, as we looked at yesterday, is that independent spirit, that autonomous spirit, that self-reliant, self-asserting spirit. Not thy will, but my will be done. Contrary to that would be the beatitude of blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In fact, let me, let me read all the beatitudes just so we can hear those and we'll, we'll go through them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons or children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so these eight virtues, character qualities, attributes, attitudes. Now, well, how do we get eight laid up against seven? So pride is full of ourselves, poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Here there's a self-emptying. Instead of being full of pride, full of ourself, um, independent and autonomous from God, Blessed are the poor in spirit. I have nothing. I come with the beggar's hands lifted up to God. There's an emptiness. There's a a complete dependence upon God. So the, the, the pride is out there kind of scooping, earning, boasting. The poor in spirit are those, I have nothing unless God gives it. And so we receive the kingdom. We receive all as, as gift from God. And so there's a selflessness to the poor in spirit. We have nothing. I bring nothing. I bring nothing to the table. I bring nothing to my relationship with God. I am am completely impoverished. That is the antidote to pride. And the truth is, that is who we are, right? Our our, our poverty of spirit. Uh, Naked we come into the world. Naked we depart. And we live well to the understanding, you know, when we understand that we we need, we are, we are always in a position of need. Uh, envy is that second um, deadly sin. And again, I said envy is not covetousness, wanting the goods of others. Envy is kind of, we burn with envy at the good fortune of others. We, we don't want them to have what they have. It's not that I want what they have. It's that I don't want them to have what they have. It makes me sad 
that they are successful, that they have been blessed, that they have achieved something or gained something. So my sorrow at their success, that's envy. That's a, that's a different thing than just, I want what you have. I don't want you to have it. Blessed are those who mourn. My sorrow is grounded in true sorrow, right? So envy is a sadness or a sorrow at the blessedness of others. Mourning is sorrow at the brokenness and sorrow of others. So I enter into, mourning has a way of connecting us to people. As we share grief, as we share sorrow, we share tears. Envy is a sorrow of sorts, but it's a sorrow that is a, it's an inverted or twisted sorrow. And so there's a, a sense of, of loss that is associated both with envy and with mourning. But in mourning, it's true loss. I have lost love. I have lost friendship. I have lost uh, someone dear to me or something dear to me. And then it has an ability to identify and, and connect with. And so, and so envy is kind of directed at another person. Mourning is, is with, it's sympathetic. Um, wrath, <clears throat> that experience of wanting the destruction or harm of another. It's the anger, it's that passion, it's that, that frustration that, that spills over, wrath burns, and it seeks the, the, the demise of another. <laughs> it seeks harm, it wishes harm upon them. Though we might not physically act in wrath, we often speak and we certainly will sometimes burn in our thought life, we'll, we'll wish the harm of another. Contrasted with that would be the meek and, and the peacemaker. And so here's the eight, kind of two of the Beatitudes coming together. And so meekness is not weakness. It is a strength that has been harnessed. Moses was known as the most meek man on earth. We, we read that in, um, in the scriptures. Moses was a strong person, right? But there was a willingness to be bridled or harnessed to the will and purposes of God. And, and there are times when Moses' meekness was lost. Rash words came from his lips and he pounded the rock twice. He was so frustrated at the people. And God said, hmm, I'm going to keep you from entering the promised land because of that outburst. And so meekness is in contrast. It's, it's a, it's a refusal to do harm. The peacemaker, so, so meekness isn't lashing out. Meekness is harnessing that passion, that frustration. And it says, I will not lash out. I will not seek the harm of another. And then coupled with blessed are the peacemakers, to reconcile, to seek to right whatever is wrong, whatever violation has happened. The peacemaker is seeking to work into that space to, to, to listen, to be patient, uh, to, to try to heal and to mend a broken relationship or a broken situation. Whereas wrath just flies off the handle. It's, it's not long suffering. It doesn't wait. It's not patient. It's immediate. It, it explodes. And so blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth. For, for such, <laughs> I have created this world for those who will be willing to, 
to labor long in love and in, in, in patience and in faith and in reconciliation. So the, the, the virtue of meekness and, and, and peacemaking in contrast to our wrath. Sloth, <clears throat> that um, kind of boredom, that dejection, that um, lethargy, uh, apathy, a failure to pursue uh, the good, the beautiful, the true that, that is surrounding us, the, the wonder and awe of the world that God has made. Um, Evagrius, the one who <clears throat> kind of began to frame this out, the eight uh, habitual thoughts. One of them, he didn't use quite sloth. It, the, it, the, the Latin word is acedia or acedia, which has to do with like, um, like a malaise. Um, it, it's a sadness of sorts. There, there is a, a sorrow or sadness associated with it. It's kind of a, a despondency in life. And, and we know people like that, right? Who just kind of are like perpetual Eeyores. And I, I get that way myself, to be honest with you. And so uh, Pope Gregory is the one who kind of pulled it into sloth in terms of activity. But it, there's kind of an emotional despondency and downcast perpetually that just looks at the world as just gloomy contrast with that is the hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's a hunger, there's a thirst, there's a passion. The world that God has made is good, a yearning for engaging life, right? So hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm hungry. You know, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of food. There is a sense that God will meet me in the desert. I'm not going to just wilt away in the desert. I'm going to, I'm going to Seek God in the desert. Earnestly I seek you with passion and with longing. I want to be in right relationship with you. I want to see right relationship in the world. And, and so there, it's a contrast. The, the hunger and thirsting. It's a passion for truth, a passion for goodness, a, a passion for, for beauty, a, a zeal for the Lord, a zeal for that which is right. And, and so... Uh, sloth is just laziness. It's despondency. What's the use? What's the point of getting involved? All things are not going to work out. The virtue that, that, that is the antidote to that is God is at work. God is working things for good. God has called us. There's purposes and, and we may not see them now, but we, I will search for that, the hunger and thirst that, that searches for the food, uh, for the goodness, for the right. Um, lust, um, the, the, the wanting to satisfy my own appetites, uh, the wanting to possess another person for my own pleasure. And so there is this um, kind of sense of the heart that craves and seeks to, 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 to um, fill itself contrasted with lust would be the purity, right? A purity of heart. I want to regard other people not as possessions uh, and objects for my pleasure, but as another person made in the image of God, and I will honor you. And so purity, not just in the sexual sense, certainly that, but more in the sense of desiring the will of God, not having a divided heart that wants to, to have some pleasures over here and pleasures over here and get away with this and sneak around, you know, uh, over here and get away with what I can to meet my appetites, a, a broken, divided heart, purity of heart, Kierkegaard said, is to will one thing. And so the pure in heart see God. <laughs> there is a, there is a, 
a, a, a thirsting for God, a thirsting for his presence that, that satisfies the heart, the appetites. So I will be satisfied with God, with the presence of God. As with the richest of foods, there's something in lust that is always hungry and, and wanting to, you know, inflamed. Um, and and there's, a, there's a sense of, I don't have enough, I need more. Whereas in purity, there is a sense of beholding God. I will see God and I will be satisfied with, with recognizing God. And so it's beholding others as image bearers and as, as those worthy of love and honor and respect rather than just an object, you know, a, a commodity uh, for my pleasure and consumption. Um, avarice, I said, is, you know, we kind of often think of that as greed. And so avarice is not just the love of possessions, but the love of possessing. And it's the, the wanting and the craving after things that I, I want things to give meaning to my life. And I sometimes want to be recognized for the things that I have. It's maybe wanting the, the nice things always and the attention that comes with that. Um, avarice, uh, you know, you owe me. And so I, 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 instead of, so the contrast with it is mercy, blessed are the merciful, right? And so mercy is willing to let go of the debt. Uh, mercy is giving, it is sharing, it is open-handed, it's not tight-fisted. Avarice is kind of a tight-fisted thing. This is mine and you owe me and you disrespected me and you hurt me and you owe me something. Mercy is open-handed, it, it, it is kind, it is gentle. It, it, it seeks um, not <laughs> to fill itself it's more concerned about the needs of others than my own needs and desires. Avarice is, you know, it turns our wants into needs, right? So avarice has a sense of, I think I want that. Avarice says, I need that. Whereas mercy is focused on the needs of others. And so you need food, you need shelter, you need love, you need forgiveness. Let me extend that to you. And so avarice and mercy uh, are... Uh, the opposites. And then gluttony, you know, it's an over uh, indulgence and over concern for the body, for physical uh, pleasures. Um, um, you know, the food, the physical appetites. Um, uh, sometimes it has to do with excess. Sometimes it has to do with delicacy. You know, the foodies. I, I'm, I'm very particular about what I eat. I'm very particular about my body. I work out and I admire my body. <laughs> you know, it's, it's con so gluttony is the, the concern for the physical bodies that we have. And again, not that we should be um, care not caring towards our bodies, but gluttony, you know, will eat the microwave popcorn and it'll eat all the things that I shouldn't eat, you know. It's the over, um, you know, so, you know, sometimes you might think of the gluttonous or obese, but sometimes the gluttonous could be very trim because they're so concerned about what they feed their bodies. There's an over-concern with the body. The contrast with that is blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, the persecuted who surrender their body to the flames. They surrender their body unto, you know, persecution for our faith, right? Persecution for the name of Jesus. We may suffer. And so, and so those who are so concerned that I, I have to possess my body that they might even deny their faith, right? 
whereas the persecuted, the martyrs, surrender all unto Jesus, surrender all unto God. I sometimes may have to lay down my life for the sake of the faith. That is contrasted with gluttony, which is I'm going to protect and preserve and indulge my body at all costs. You know, the most important thing is my body. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you are not your own, Paul writes in, in the Corinthian letters. You were bought with a price. So honor God with your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So be careful what you feed. So that should give us attention to how we care for our bodies, certainly. But our bodies are vehicles. They, 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 they're they're gifts from the Lord that we use to serve him, the, the hands, the heart, the mind, you know, the head, heart, hand uh, as, as servants of his. And so maybe you've never heard this, this contrast, pride and the poverty of spirit, envy and mourning, um, wrath and the, the meekness and the peacemakers, sloth with the hunger and thirst for righteousness, lust with the purity of heart. That's the one that probably makes the most sense to our ears and maybe wrath and peacemakers. Avarice and mercy, gluttony and being persecuted. It works for me because the Beatitudes are virtues. We, we, we need these planted deeply. We need these to flourish in our lives. We Would that we express these blessed qualities. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom is about. This is what following me is about. And these are in contrast to those things that diminish our, our souls and our interior life. So let me stop here, uh, giving you much to think about. And then we'll wrap up tomorrow, kind of tease out some more of these uh, ideas, ways that we can be about cultivating our hearts. So, uh, Lord, hear our prayer for one another, for our world, for our loved ones. Grant us the grace of repentance so to practice the virtues and these virtues that we find in Jesus' teaching, uh, the Beatitudes. May this blessed life become ours in increasing measure. Give us understanding and awareness. Give us a, a keen sense of our own lives and so that we can recognize both the, the vices that we might uproot and the virtues that we might plant. Do this, we pray, for your glory, for the strengthening and flourishing of our lives and for the honor of your holy name as we offer this through Christ our Lord who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God plant these beatitudes and the graces of Jesus Christ deeply, deeply into your life in the garden of your soul. This day and forevermore. Amen.